Welcome to Left Out with Adam Grimm and Logan Davis, a weekly show where we discuss all things sports, from the controversial to lighthearted topics around the country. Now let's go to the host. This is Left Out. What's up, sports fans? It's Logan Davis. And I'm Adam Grimm, recording remotely this week. It's November 21st, and welcome to episode one. Make sure to follow us or subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LeftOutOfficial. Today we got some NBA draft and free agency coverage, more NFL stories happening all around the league, and many of college football's top teams getting back in action this weekend. Uh, let's get the show started now with some Jerry Jones talk, one of our favorites. Let the game begin. It's time to get this week started with the tip-off. All right, starting with the tip-off. So earlier yesterday, Jerry Jones was on 105.3 FM radio, and uh, they're talking about the best players on the Cowboys, and Jerry Jones said that Zeke is the absolute best player on the Cowboys in his mind. As a current Cowboys fan, I think that's just absolutely idiotic, um, but i like to hear Adam's take first before I give my own opinion. Well, I mean, we always know that Jerry has his weekly segment on this show where he just comes in and usually says some ridiculous stuff on it. Um, and so I just wanted to look up his stats to see how he had been doing this year. And obviously we know he's not the same player without his offensive line. And I think that goes for a lot of running backs. Uh, they're really a product more of their offensive lines. But uh, this year he has averaging under four yards per carry and uh, only has six total touchdowns. So, I mean, I would say this is more Jerry trying to defend his decision to give Zeke that six-year $90 million contract that he probably gave him a little bit too early. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, like, like you said, the offensive line really makes or breaks uh, running backs like Zeke. Um, and honestly, like, hey, kudos to Zeke. I'll say he cashed in. Jerry Jones, he fell for it. He cashed in. Um, but if the Cowboys want to be the team that they were a couple years back where Zeke was four and a half yards per carry, they got to get that offensive line healthy. They got to draft more offensive linemen so he can thrive in that. Um, but yeah, kudos to Jerry Jones with a very – idiotic statement but as adam said he's trying to defend it so yeah i mean that really is what it comes down to as a cowboys fan who do you think your best player is um as a cow i think either zach martin or tyron smith uh our guard and our tackle i think they're the most valuable just because without them playing at full strength zeke is nothing um and dak uh, when he's healthy obviously um gets more time in the pocket be able to throw to gallop in them so yeah, I definitely I would put all three of those guys above him as well. Um, I think that they're just more influential in the offense, and they're they really help Zeke out and make him become a better running back. So I agree Absolutely. with you on that. All right, so uh, let's get into the sports news this week. Big news, sports fans. Let's talk about the sports news from around the country. Yeah, I know I'm not exactly the jockey type, but I watched Hoosiers last night, and I like sports now. Here are the biggest stories in sports. All right, getting this week's news kicked off with some NFL news. Obviously, last week, the uh, big play of the week was Kyler Murray's Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins, and now he's trying to get the Hail Murray trademark for it. What do you hey, think about that? listen, Kyler. I totally support this. I think that throw is incredible. However, Hopkins' catch was just unbelievable. Probably the best catch I've ever seen. Um, but I don't think that you're going to get the trademark, buddy. I mean, let's be honest. You're 5'9". You didn't even look at uh, DeAndre Hopkins to see if he caught it. You looked at the big screen. 
they're not going to give it to you yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, put, maybe have an MVP under your belt. Maybe you'll get Hail Murray. Um, but the Hail Mary has just been a long for two. A lot of time for you to actually trademark that name. So just, just bang on the guy for his height, just something he can't control. <laughs> hey, he's still he's still one um, of the best quarterbacks in the league. So yeah, he's got that over you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the best plays, one of the best plays that I've ever seen. Um, and I love I love his tweet afterwards. He's like, "Man, DeAndre's down there somewhere. He's got to catch it." Um, yeah, exactly. I just, that was awesome. Awesome moment. Total faith in your receiver, and I mean, honestly, uh, Hopkins has worked out for them for the trade, and you know the Texans are just pissed right now, which is absolutely yeah, yeah. taking themselves. They're two and seven, so absolutely. That's uh, that's not where you thought you'd be, especially with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. Um, yeah, I think that that was just incredible, incredible moment, and uh, helped me get my pick right too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, I bailed out. Jeez. Uh, now lots of injuries this week, uh, including Jadevian Clowney, Joe Mixon, Drew Brees, all getting put on the injured reserve, meaning that they'll all be out for at least the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. What's your take on those? Um, I think Drew Brees is obviously the biggest, uh, hit to the saints. Um, I think we're going to talk about who started in form after this. Um, but yeah, he has a collapsed lung and it really makes you think is this Drew Brees' last season? Um, just as can his body take the hits? Um, he's, I think he's 41, 42. Uh, Javen Clowney's kind of been, a, been really not impressive for the Titans. And so him being on the IR just doesn't really help Titans, uh, front seven. And then, uh, Joe Mixon has just been awesome this year with Cincinnati, especially with Joe Burrow. So I hate to see him on the IR. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see if, uh, Saints can recover like they did last year without Drew Brees, having him missed a few games last year. And then Jadavian Clowney, he's he's a guy who bet on himself. He took a one-year contract and look at that lo- in hopes of a long-term deal. And it just has not been working out for him this year. He has not he's had his least productive year and now this, so he's really hurt his career. And I hope that Joe Mixon can get healthy again, just so that Joe Burrow can continue to grow with him and uh really help that offense improve. Um, and now yeah, going yeah. on to the Saints quarterback, it'll be Taysom Hill instead of Jameis Winston starting this week. What's your take of that? How could they do that? How could they disrespect famous Jameis like that? This man's a five-year starter. He should be the quarterback. No offense to Taysom Hill. He's a, a universal weapon. He's literally like a Swiss Army knife. But he has like five career throws. And I just don't – like. I think 15? 18. Okay. Oh, 18. Okay, I'm sorry. Correct me. 18 career passes. Jameis has thrown for over 4,000 yards multiple seasons. Yes, he's a turnover machine, but Sean Payton in his offense um, could make him better. So I think what's going to happen is Payton's going to play Hill, maybe the first drive, see what happens, and then um, work from there. So Yeah, I certainly like uh, Jameis a lot more in this role. Uh, I just I don't think that Taysom Hill has the experience, and I think that you hit the nail on the head. He's really just he's a gadget player, and that's what he is. Um, but... I mean, the Saints have good judgment, so we'll see where it goes and see if they made the right move. All right, so covering the NBA now, just a little bit on this now. We're going to talk a little bit more about it later. But uh, Dwight Howard pulling a reverse DeAndre Jordan, committing Uh. to the Lakers on social media, saying purple and gold doesn't get old. And then Philly offered him more money, and he went there. It's, hey, Laker fans, I feel for you. This is DeAndre Jordan all over again. Um, being barricaded in his own home, told he was coming to the Mavs, stay with the Clippers. So I feel you there, Lakers fans, but I think you got a way better replacement than him. So, Yeah, I think the 76ers, they've done 
a lot of movement this offseason, but I don't know if any of it's made them better. I think that they're still in a similar position to where they were last year. Uh, Daryl Morey's got a lot to figure out. Yep. Uh, Trevor Ariza seemed to find himself all over the league this week, being on four different rosters. Uh, Woj had reported a fifth at one point, but that was not accurate, he said. Uh, he's been on four rosters in the past few days. You know, at this point, Trevor Reese is 35. Um, I really just think he's trying to just secure the bag, get some money. Um, obviously, he'd want to be on contender, you know, and play for the playoffs. But, I mean, he's getting traded four times, four different teams. Nobody really wants him. He's just kind of a moving piece. So whatever team gets him, I mean, you're going to get good minutes out of him. But he's at the latter end of his career. He's trying to cash out. Yeah, I mean, I think he's still a solid player and can be a productive player off the bench too. But uh Hopefully he works out in OKC. I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him. He doesn't really fit into their timeline anymore with trying to really prepare for the future and get as many assets as they can. Uh, so talking about college sports, uh, one of the big stories of the week in college basketball was Wichita State head coach Greg Marshall. He settled for $8 million over reports that he had verbally and physically assaulted his student-athletes. Oh, my. Okay, I, wow. Um, I've... <laughs> I mean, never any university doesn't want to have a personnel that uh, has any of that kind of information of verbally and physically assaulting a student athlete. Um, but I think in recent years, a lot of student athletes have kind of come out and like accused their coaches of stuff that um, usually swept under the run under the rug, excuse me, in past years. So um, it's kind of just bringing light to what the player uh, players are doing now. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just ridiculous that he can get away with that and come out of it with $8 million. Um, and it kind of reminds me of a situation like Hugh Freeze still coaching now in college football. And right. I'm going to talk about this more later, my deeper thoughts on it, but I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also in college basketball, March Madness will be played in a bubble this year, hopefully modeling mm. the NBA-style system. The bubble life. Maybe we get some good video logs like there was in the NBA bubble, but uh, it will be interesting. A lot more teams, obviously, um, and I don't know how they're going to afford it. I guess maybe every school <laughs> is going to pay for their own team's lodging. Um, but, I mean, I can see a ton of COVID cases popping up in the bubble. There's just way more people um, and a lot more. I feel like a lot more leniency will be available. And but. coming from a lot less controlled of a background. But I hope it works out because, I mean, March Madness, favorite time of the year in sports for me. Probably okay, my favorite yeah. sporting event in general. Uh, mm -hmm. So I hope that it works out. Yeah. Uh, and now in baseball, Robinson Cano, for the second time in his career, tests positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Ban him for life. I don't care. You get one chance to mess up. If you do it again, you should be out of the league forever. Absolutely. I think it's, just, it's so stupid because he's not the first guy to do this. It's second time, like, what did you not learn from the first time? So now he's suspended, right? Is he suspe suspended without pay, right? Uh, suspended he, for a year. He forfeits his, uh, yeah, he forfeits his year. So, I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, it comes down to discipline. And, I mean, if really, if you have to take perform-enhancing drugs, it's just your lack of character. So, not a big fan. Yeah, I mean, once, okay, I under it happens to some people. But if you're getting caught twice, I think you should be done forever. But that's just my take on it. All right, uh, let's talk about the NBA draft and free agency now. It's showtime! And now, the main attraction. This is what you've been waiting for. Our biggest discussion of the week. Cool. 
Cool, cool. It's time for the main event. All right, so uh, we're going to go into details on what a few teams did here in both the draft and free agency. Uh, let's start with the Bucks this week. All right, so Milwaukee is making some moves. You know, they're trying to keep Giannis. Um, most importantly, they got Drew Holiday in the trade with the Pelicans. Um, they gave away Eric Bledsoe. But I think bringing in Drew is honestly the best fit for Milwaukee. It gives you a guard that's very defensive. Um, and as we talked about last week, he's a very team-oriented uh, player, makes the team better, um, and will definitely help Giannis in the playoffs as well. Uh, in addition to adding Drew, they, add, they added Pat Connaughton, or they re-signed Pat Connaughton, which is an, an okay move. He's kind of a dunker, kind of a bench warmer. Um, TJ Augustine was signed for three years, $21 million, and Bobby Portis was signed for two years. I just want to know where Milwaukee getting all this money. Um, <laughs> but hey, Bobby Portis is a good bench player, and so his DJ Augustine will be good for the second unit. Um, so they're just trying to rearm as much as they can for uh, Giannis. But I mean, I think it's a good move so far. But again, I don't know where the money's coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird, but uh, I think that Drew Holiday is really just sort of like Eric Bledsoe, just an upgraded version of him. So I think that that's a really good move for them. And uh, that Bogdan Bogdanovich situation was all just a mess this week. Uh, with him reportedly, the Kings and Bucks had agreed to a sign and trade for him, but then Bogdanovich did not agree to go to the Bucks, so now yeah. he's trying to sign somewhere else. Yeah, what a lot of, lot of yeah. very weird situation there. Yeah, I just what team doesn't tell their player like, "Hey, you need to sign this contract, so you're going to the Bucks." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the team, the Kings organization's a mess. Yeah, now there's an investigation uh, going into all of that. Uh, up next, the Hornets. Okay, yeah. So uh, Michael Jordan, you know, um, pulled the trigger and drafted Lamelo Ball with the third pick, which is <laughs> is going to be a box office move for them. Um, definitely did get some fans in. They also drafted Vernon Carey uh, in the second round. Don't really know much about him. Um, but the big move that the Hornets made is signed Golden Hayward from Boston for four years, hundred twenty million dollars. Which Michael Jordan, you may be the greatest player in the world, but um, you're absolutely one of the worst owners ever because Gordon Hayward does not deserve this match contract. And it just kind of creates another problem for Charlotte because they've been one of the worst teams for about the past 10, 12 years. Yeah, I don't get where this move gets them, where this move takes them to. Uh, you're a rebuilding team, you, you have a chance to just fully hit the rebuild button, and you have LaMelo Ball, who is really just going to be one of the more solid prospects, I think just because he has that skill of playmaking that he knows he will have. Uh, and then they go out and sign Gordon Hayward. I don't get it. Uh, it sort of messes with your rebuild, probably puts you in that 10 to eight seed range to where you're not really getting a good player in the draft. So I don't, I don't get it. I, and I don't understand yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Be on the lookout for Terry Rozier as well. I think he's on the move. I think they're about to pull the plug on him. So for sure. Uh, Celtics, they really fumbled the Gordon Hayward situation. Uh, he had wanted to go to the Pacers earlier. They had a chance to get a player like Miles Turner and Doug McDermott, uh, but they sort of fumbled it, and now he's on his way to the Hornets. They still have to work out that sign-in trade, uh, but I also like their pick of Aaron Neesmith at 14 in the draft. Uh, but I really yeah. thought that this was a team that was going to do more just because they were so close to making it in the NBA Finals, but it doesn't feel like they've gotten any better. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in addition, uh, they also lost Cantor in a three-team trade, and his Cantor's back on the Portland. Um, 
And uh, Woj just reported earlier that uh, Tristan Thompson was just signed by the Celtics. So they replaced Cantor with uh, Tristan Thompson. But, I mean, the Celtics have fumbled Hayward's contract and they fumbled Kyrie. Um, they're having trouble retaining their free agents. So really troubling for Boston. And, yeah, like you said, I wish they would have uh, tried to arm up more to try to make it back or make it to the finals. Yeah, also a signing tonight. They got uh, Jeff Teague to be their backup point guard. So I do like that move for them. Oh, okay, that's uh, good. Upgrading yeah, good over move. Brad Wanamaker. Uh, Detroit Pistons. I, okay. I like the Killian Hayes draft pick. It fits in really well with their timeline. I don't get where they're going with all of these centers. Uh, but I also like the Luke Kennard and getting Sadiq Bey out of the 19th pick. Yeah, no, I uh, I tracked it. They've, they've made 18 moves so far since the draft, um, and they have Dwayne Dedman, Mason Plumlee, Julio Okafor. They have three centers. Um, Josh Jackson, I feel like, is a good signing, um, kind of an unproved young guy after being fourth overall. Um, so I think Dwayne Casey can develop him. I think the biggest surprise for the Pistons was getting Jeremy Grant away from the, the Nuggets for three years, $60 million, and then my Mavs traded Delon right to him. So, I mean, the Pistons are just trying to <laughs> – be more competitive, kind of redo everything that these past couple of years have kind of been a bust for. So, I mean, appreciate them for being aggressive. So we'll see if it works out. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're going into the reset button, and I always like that. Uh, recognize where you are and take advantage of it. So good on them. Uh, now talking about your Mavs, what do you think about Let's their moves? Let's go Mavs, baby. All right, there's some things I love and there's things I don't love. What I do love, we re-signed Trey Burke. He thrived in the bubble. Really enjoy him. Three years. Glad to have him back on the bench. We got James Johnson from the trade with uh, the four team trade, I believe, um, dealing with New Orleans and Milwaukee. Um, James Johnson's a he's a he's a boy. He's a fighter. So in case Luka gets beat up again or pushed down, we'll have James Johnson to back him up. I'm really excited. Timmy Tom Hardaway Jr. bought back into his player option. Um, but the thing I'm most upset about is Seth Curry. Seth, we thank you for what you did in Dallas. Um, you're going to thrive in the 76ers, but Josh Richardson is really good on defense and I'm excited to see him in our system. My biggest complaint is that we're re-signing JJ Barea, who I believe does not need to be on an NBA <laughs> roster. I believe he's a no bronze stopper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I believe he needs to be on a coaching role, but everybody loves JJ Barea. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I really love the moves to uh, surround Luca with the pieces that they need and both Josh Richardson and James Johnson. Like you said, obviously in that Clippers series, they were getting to Luca, they were pushing him around a little bit, and James Johnson is not going to allow that to happen to the same extent. And uh, Josh John or Josh Richardson, sorry, he'll be able to uh, defend well next to Luca, so that it's going to be harder to pick out the defense there than it would have been with Seth Curry. And I think you also got good value in the second round with Tyrell Terry. I think that he could be a solid shooter in this draft. And yeah, I think that that's a good value pick. Uh, Timberwolves. I thought it was unfortunate that they couldn't trade down. I think there was reports that they wanted to up until the last moment. But uh, I think they got out of the first pick what I think was best for them. And uh, I was confused by the Malik Beasley contract, four years, sixty million. Absolutely, uh, with all of the personal issues that he's been having going on in his life. And uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've, I there's been reports he's just, he's going through some stuff, and I just don't understand why they resigned Beasley. To, first of all, four years, sixty million is a lot for a player like Beasley. Um, but especially with Anthony Edwards, like I don't know what if Anthony Edwards is going to start or if he's going to come off the bench. Um, and then another move that I thought was kind of weird is that Rubio's getting a homecoming back to the Timberwolves. Um, so we'll see how that works out, but the Timberwolves, uh, might be making some more moves. I feel like either with Beasley or some other guys. So we'll see. 
Yeah, Suns, they get their point guard in CP3. They get Jay Crowder. And uh, like like the Mavs, like some other teams, they got their guy in the first round. They may not have wanted to take him at 10 necessarily, but that's something that they do in the draft. They always take their guy. So I like that move for them. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Paul, obviously game changer team. Culture will definitely change. And Devin Booker's going to thrive. I think he's going to have a career year. Um, I think they're going to have two all-stars from the Suns. And they're excited to see uh, CP3 and DeAndre Aiden run a pick and roll. Um, sad Kelly Oubre's gone. I know Suns fans are probably sad he's gone. But obviously, if you can get Chris Paul, you're going to take it. And uh, so, and then the Knicks. I like that they took my advice. Not uh, trading for anyone like Russell Westbrook. But I don't get drafting Obi Toppin at yeah. their pick number eight. Uh, you need a point guard. You don't need a forward right now. You need a guard to run your offense. I thought that Tyrese Halliburton would have been perfect to go to them. I think the most all-around complete guard in this draft, and they didn't take him. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Obi Toppin, electric player in college, really fun to watch, um, but I don't think he's the answer for the Knicks. Um, I think, again, I think Dolan is one of the worst owners in the league as well, and I think he just wants to sell tickets. Um, but the Knicks also cut six players on their roster to save $40 million in cap. So I really don't know what Leon Rose is trying to do with the organization. Like, Are they actually heading in the right direction, or are we just going to watch how the Knicks have always been doing, is messing it up? Um, so they're commit to the rebuild, Knicks. Commit to the rebuild. Listen to Adam. Please. Uh, Warriors, obviously, some really sad news with Clay Thompson going down for the year again. Feel really yeah. bad for him. Hope he gets well soon and can make a full recovery from this as well. Uh, they did get Kelly Oubre, who can be a solid replacement for him. And then rim runner James Wiseman, I think, will be good for them as well. Yeah, I'm glad they picked Wiseman. Um, Clay Achilles tear is just absolutely horrible. I really want to see the Splash Bros back out there. Um, but it's really just keep your eyes out on the Warriors offense. You're going to have to change it a little bit with Kelly Oubre. Um, and we'll just see who else they sign. I know they, I think they signed uh, Wanamaker as their backup point guard, but yeah, that's, they the, that's the only of the um, moves I've seen. So I don't think they're going to be a championship contender until Clay's back. So, And even when Clay comes back, he turns Achilles. So will he even be the same player? I don't know. But I wish him yeah, the best recovery, and I, I hope he proves me wrong. Um, Lakers trade for Dennis Schroeder. Sign Montrez Harrell to the mid-level exception. I told you there'd be a surprise there. <laughs> and I think they... I think they got a solid player in Wesley Matthews as well. Yeah, no, I, expect, um, I agree. I think, again, like we said last week, the West is only retooling, and the Lakers honestly have done way more than they had. Like their roster now compared to last year, they, last year they won a championship with these guys, but now they retooled. Uh, Montrose Harrell's a great bench addition, and then De- Dennis Schroeder is uh, awesome. They have two, they have the two, sorry, or two places of six men of the year last year, so their bench is going to be awesome. Um, and good for the Lakers, man. And uh, I think Anthony Davis is figuring out how long he wants to sign with the Lakers, but obviously he'll uh, be coming back after they got him championship. So, yeah. And then typical Thunder and Pels getting every draft pick imaginable. Uh, hopefully they can turn these picks into more than what the Celtics have in the past, who have had similar systems where they get a bunch of draft picks and then just can never really get over the hump. Yeah. No. Yeah. I feel like the Thunder and Pelicans are just kind of playing like who's going to have the most picks in the next three drafts. <laughs> like we're just going to hear the Oklahoma city thunder select. Like it's basically going to be Sam Presti deciding which players going to draft where. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think they need to use those picks either to get a star in years to come or just try to build and get over the hump, uh, which uh, Boston has failed to do. 
And I feel bad that the Thunder, I don't even know who's on the Thunder anymore. Steven Adams is gone. I think the only guy Shea. I remember literally is Shea. Yeah, Shea Dillis Alexander. Love Lou him. But, well, Lou Dory. Game yeah. Seven Lou. <laughs> Game <laughs> 7 Lou. But yeah, literally it's Shea and Lou Dory, the only people I know. So I'm excited to see what their roster looks like at the end of free agency. What's your underrated team of this free agency draft so far? Um, I think the 76ers didn't Curry. And I think the 76ers also gained Danny Green. Danny Green's not his usual self, but I think surrounding shooters with Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid will just benefit uh, Philadelphia. And I think Doc Rivers has a really good plan for them. And also, Seth Curry will be playing with his father-in-law, which I did not know that Seth Curry was married <laughs> that's to his a, daughter. That's, that's got to be a weird relationship for them. <laughs> it's going to be an awkward conversation if they play bad. <laughs> uh, I went with the Kings. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was one of my favorite players in the draft, and to be able to get him at the 12th pick, I think was really good. Yeah. And if they're able to get a good return for Buddy Heald as well, who has stated that he wants out, then come, come I think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be really good offseason for them, and hopefully get them on track to finally make the playoffs. Yeah, and they resigned uh, De'Aaron Fox too, which is good. I mean, he's their franchise, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, good moves. Uh, I like that backcourt for the future. Yeah. But All hey, right. So, uh, Buddy Heald coming to Dallas. <laughs> Buddy Heald, Dallas wants you. All right. Let's get into the NFL stories of the week. Hello. You play to win the game. These are the headlines from around the league and association. <laughs> it's a make or miss league, baby. All right. So, our first story is a little bit of an odd one. New York Giants offensive line coach Mark Colombo getting into a fist fight with head coach Joe Judge reportedly, and he was what? fired for this, obviously. Really, really weird stuff. Hey, listen, old men, when they're throwing punches, you know it's bad. So I just think it's childish. Obviously, there's some discomfort within the coaching staff. And so, yeah, that's just childish to me. I mean, typical Giants, right? Uh, nothing goes right for New York sports these days, it seems. Absolutely. Other than, other than the Yankees. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say though, the Giants the last couple of weeks have looked, they've, they've been all right. Daniel Jones has looked better and they hung in with the Bucks and then got the win over the Eagles. Who knows? Maybe they can uh, make the playoffs in a week NFC East. <laughs> I hope they make the playoffs. Hey, I hope you make it. I don't want my Cowboys to make it. So <laughs> good luck Giants. Seeing Daniel Jones in the playoffs, that, that would not be something that I would have suspected at the beginning of the season. Not so. at all. Mike Tomlin, once again, clinching, never having a losing season in 14 years as a head coach. That's that's something amazing. Pittsburgh's different, man. They, Mike Tomlin uses the guys he has and, I mean, at least gets a, either a 500 record or better. So, I mean, that's an awesome stat. Um, I just think it just shows how the players are dedicated to him and the coaching staff, and uh, they just want to win. So, And they're obviously the only undefeated team as well right now so yeah i mean i remember a lot of people whenever ab and Levion were having their whole ordeals they were blaming a lot of it on mike tomlin and he couldn't control the locker room but i mean with the success he's had it's hard to argue for such a case and i think that their transition from those two to now being one of the best teams in the league is uh it's really really a testament to how great of a coach he is yeah exactly i completely agree all right, so who are your biggest surprises so far in the NFL this year? Okay, so my team is the Raiders. Um, I just I said it last week, but I mean I'm just really impressed with John Gruden. I'm impressed with Derek Carr. I feel like he came out this year with something to prove, and uh, their offenses look awesome. However, I mean they always have kryptonite. Their defense is really not that great, um, but 
I mean, no one expected them to beat the Chiefs. And this upcoming week, they play Kansas City again. So let's see if they can do an upset. But um, yeah, I'm really impressed by the Raiders. Uh, and then, do you want to do team? Yeah, you go team. Uh, I was surprised by the opposite way, how bad the Texans have been. I mean, I know, obviously, trading DeAndre Hopkins, that was going to put a hurt on you. But I never would have suspected a team with uh, Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, to go 2-7. and seven. That's that's always a guy that you think you're going to win and make the playoffs with, and I think a lot of people predicted that they would be back in the playoffs, but not the case this year. Uh, for player, I put uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think I was surprised that he came back from the injury as well as he did. They had said that uh, no one had really ever come back from it before, but he worked, and I'm surprised that he worked. I He doesn't seem like that kind of person to me, and so I was surprised at how well he has done this year. I'm going to say Stefan Diggs. Um, I didn't think he would be this good in his first year in Buffalo. Um, obviously, Josh Allen has helped. He's kind of broken out, but uh, he leads the lead in receiving yards right now, and uh, it's just awesome to watch. Uh, I mean, he was a star in Minnesota, but I really think he's even put himself up in another tier uh, in Buffalo as well. So, Yeah, I mean, he's really changed the dynamic of that offense. All right, let's make our picks this week. Uh, to break down our scoring system of how we're going to do this, uh, it's one point for each correct pick. You get two points for picking the game of the week correctly, two points for picking your lock of the week correctly, and three points if your upset of the week is correct. Uh, so far after week one, Logan was saved by his upset pick, and we are tied at 12-12. Thank you, Patriots. Uh, I'll let you get started with Steelers-Jaguars. All right. Um, so Steelers-Jaguars is uh, – I put Steelers – um, I did not make them my lock because I made Packers Jaguars my lock last week, and it made me really nervous playing the Jaguars. So I'm just going to put the Steelers. I think they're dominant. They're undefeated. So Yeah, I got Steelers as well. Do you get a up front for the Jaguars? Lions-Panthers. Uh, I put Panthers. Lions are in yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know what the Lions really have much going for them. Uh, I don't think that Matt Patricia is very good as a head coach. And so I want the Panthers. I think they have a lot going for him on offense. Patriots, Texans. I chose them last week to upset the Ravens, which they did. So I'm going to keep faith. And I'm going to say they destroyed the two and seven Texans. I have faith in you, Bill Belichick. Yeah, I went with the Patriots again. Texans have a weak defense. And uh, I just, I think that Cam Newton and the Patriots get it done. Titans, Ravens. I put uh, the Titans. I'm not really buying the Ravens right now. Um, even without uh, Clowney out, I think uh, the Titans' defense will be great, and I think Tannehill and uh, A.J. Brown will get that two-touchdown connection. I went with Ravens uh, once again. Um, yeah, I think that I, I did mess it up last week, but I think that they're going to be able to run all over that Tennessee defense just as Indianapolis did last week, so I like them. Uh, Eagles-Browns. Up to the Browns, um, Eagles, Carson Wentz is just not playing well. Their whole offense is honestly horrendous. And they're in the NFC East, which is the worst division in football. And I sadly have to say that with my Cowboys involved. So I'm going Eagles revenge game for Carson Wentz. I uh, think that they get back on track after feeling, beating, losing to a team that they felt like they should have beaten the Giants last week. Falcons, Saints. Uh, I put Saints. Uh, easy. Just better team overall. My upset of the week, the Falcons. I think with Taysom Hill at quarterback, it does not work out for them. And yeah, I'm going with the Falcons as my upset to ruin their tank once again this week. Bengals, Washington. Uh, Bengals. I think the Washington's question at quarterback, Alex Smith is bad, but he's not. I mean, he's playing great, but 
Joe Burrow, I think, will have a career day. I went with Washington. I think that their strength is in the defensive line, and uh, Cincinnati's main weakness is in their offensive line. So I think that they're going to be able to get to Joe Burrow and really give the Cincinnati offense some problems. Jets, Chargers. All right, this is my lock. Chargers, Jets. Jets are the worst team in the league, and Justin Herbert's been playing great. I think the Chargers get it back and blow out I, I, I was close to going with it as my lock, but I am also going Chargers over Jets. Dolphins, Broncos. Uh, Dolphins, two a time, baby. He's doing great. The defense is helping him a lot. And uh, Drew Locks kind of was a nightmare last week. So I have faith that the Dolphins will capitalize on that. As big as of a Drew Locke fan as I am, he has uh, not been playing well. And I don't think that this Dolphins defense helps. I think they get him a win in Denver. Uh, Cowboys, Vikings. This is my upset of the week. I put the boys to beat the Vikings. This is a very bold prediction, but I have faith. <laughs> Lord, this is my lock it. of the week. Uh, <laughs> Dalvin Cook runs all over that Cowboys defense. Please. Quite the opposite picks. Uh, yeah, I like the Minnesota Vikings. Colts, Packers. Uh, Packers. I think, I mean, the Colts defense is one of the best, um, but I think Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, and he's just going to tear him up. I think opposite once again. Colts defense gives them troubles, and uh, I like them in this game. We'll see. Chiefs we'll see. Raiders. I said Chiefs. I think that the Chiefs are not going to let the Raiders beat them like last time, and I think Andy Reid is out for his own revenge tour. So yeah, I know. I think I agree with you. Patrick Mahomes has a big day against that weak defense, and they're able to capitalize on it. I pick Chiefs. Uh, game of the week: Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Los Angeles Rams on Monday night. Yeah, this is going to be a great game. Uh, I think this is a kind of a game for Tom Brady and the offense to prove that they can uh, play well against a really good defense in the Rams. So it'll be exciting to watch. But I took the Bucks. I believe in Brady. I think that Aaron Donald is in Tom Brady's face the entire game, giving him fits. And we know that he does not play well when he's pressured this year. So I went with the Los Angeles Rams once again. Painting myself, I'm starting to look like a Rams fan here. I guess so. Seriously, you need to. <laughs> I'm going to need to pick against him next week. I guess. Seriously. All right, let's let's talk some college football. Now maybe it's just me, but college was very confusing times. It's the College Rundown, where we break down all the important stories in college football and basketball from this week. All right, first story of the day, Indiana keeping it close on the road with Ohio State. I got to give credit to Indiana. My girlfriend, Lauren Burning, oh she is she goes there to Indiana University, and uh, they hung tough. I mean, both teams made a lot of mistakes. Uh, if Indiana doesn't make those mistakes, then I think that they could have easily won this game. Uh, yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, I was impressed. I heard it from Lauren, too. She texted me and said, how about IU? And I said, you still lost. Um, I think it's a wake-up call for Ohio State just to say that um, just to get back in some discipline. Um, Justin Fields threw two picks, I believe, um, which is kind of a wake-up call for him, just kind of get the offense back in shape. Um, I think they'll be good next week. But, yeah, way to keep it close, Indiana. Not a football school. Incredible week also on Indiana's offensive side. Michael Penix Jr. throwing for almost 500 yards. And Ty Freifogel, seven catches, 218 yards, and three touchdowns. He's an incredible receiver. One of his catches down the sideline, it was a pass interference call. He played great. Uh, my Missouri Tigers back in action, and the Aggies are on a, on the bench for another week. Another game canceled for them. Stupid COVID. What do you have to say about your Aggies? I need the Aggies to play. Yeah. I need to see some Unfortunately, talent. the virus. 
Yeah, I need to see some Kellen Mund. Missouri, though, taking advantage of South Carolina losing their top two cornerbacks up 17 to nothing at the half. Hopefully we can keep it rolling in the second. So Nebraska football sucks, and so does Penn State. Yeah, Penn State's 0-5. 0-5 for the first time in 134 years. That's that's a lot. Of, that's a long time, and a lot of people have them in their preseason top five. So we were wrong about Penn State. Can say that pretty comfortably. Um, and then this was funny. Uh, Illinois football on Twitter after the game, they tweeted in Nebraska. Good game, Nebraska. Thanks for bringing back Big Ten football. You know you're in a bad place whenever you're getting trolled by Illinois football. That's oh, just, that's yeah. Low. That's tragic. It's very low for both teams. And uh, I think James Franklin might be on the hot seat in Penn State. So, Who's your Heisman pick right now? Uh, Justin Fields. I just think his efficiency and I think how they throttle um, all the Big Ten teams, besides Indiana this week, obviously. But um, I'm really impressed with him. I would say Trevor Lawrence. He just hasn't played because of COVID. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields is my pick. My pick is Kyle Trask from Florida after this week. Uh, Justin Fields' lackluster performance against Indiana. Kyle Trask has 2,500 yards, 31 touchdowns, and just three picks. Uh, this week he topped it again, almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, no pick. His QBR is over 90. He's almost having a Joe Burrow-esque season that a lot of people aren't really paying attention to, but I think they should be. Yeah, they're not paying attention to it because my Aggies beat them. So, Who do you like for the college football playoff? Uh, okay, so I got Bama, I got Clemson, Notre Dame, and then I put Texas A&M slash Florida. I think it's going to be one of those two at one loss SEC teams. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what I think. I got Bama at one, Ohio State two, Clemson at three. And then number four, I have a bunch of teams here who I think it could be. I think it could be Cincinnati or BYU. They've both been really impressive as mid-major programs. Uh, I think if Oregon runs the table in the Pac-12, they could get in. And I think that if Florida is able, they control their own destiny right now. And if they went out, I think that they get in. Uh, So yeah, it's our college football talk for the week. Let's wrap this show up. It's been a blast, but it's almost time to go. We wrap up this week with the home stretch. All right, so this week, uh, drawing inspiration from DeAndre Hopkins' catch over from Kyler Murray over three cornerbacks, uh, we decided to talk about the top three sports moments of our lives. I'll let you get it started off with year number three. All right, at number three, we have 2016 NBA Finals when LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers came back from a 3-1 lead in the the famous interview of uh, when LeBron won the championship. It was one of the, like, it was the greatest run I've ever seen. Him and Kyrie were just on another level. And the last three minutes of the game seven, was just I was on the edge of my seat. Um, it was just incredible basketball, and LeBron James was cemented as my good. I think that that's the most impressive championship of all time. Absolutely. Um, I did. I went with a little more personal moments than that. I didn't have like any overarching moments like that. My number three moment is Henry Josie halfback dive versus uh, Texas A and M in 2013 to send Mizzou out. to the SEC championship game. I was in the stands for it. It's the one moment that I was in the stands for. Uh, I'll never forget that moment in my life. Oh, that's always against the Aggies. <laughs> hey, man, that's cool. That's really cool. Good for you. All right, yeah. my uh, um, my number, yeah, my number two. Um, this is the Texas A and M twelve points in thirty one seconds versus Northern Iowa in March Madness in twenty sixteen. Um, it had some. It was 
so crazy. I was literally streaming in my living room with my dad, Alex Caruso, um, and uh, Daniel House and James Jones were just stealing the ball, put the layup in, 10 seconds left, three-pointer, all this stuff, and um, just a total collapse by Northern Iowa. Got us to overtime, and we won that round. So, I, was- I, I, rem- I remember that a little bit. I was in Hawaii, and I looked away from the TV thinking, okay, Northern Iowa's got this. It's over. I look back, and A&M is up. And I'm like, wow, how did that happen? Exactly. <laughs> My number two moment is David Freeze game six of the 2011 oh, World Series walk-off home run against the Texas Rangers. How could I not put it there? Best moment in Cardinals history. I just want Absolutely the legendary now, moment. I can't stand the Texas Rangers. I can't stand the Cardinals because of that moment exactly. So I'm glad you liked it. Hey, uh, my last thank moment. God they didn't have the DH back then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh. Put Nelson Cruz in right field. Uh, my last moment, uh, 2011, Dirk Nowitzki hoist the championship trophy when we defeated LeBron in his new big three. It's the first year. It's the greatest day of my life. And uh, that's when I knew Dirk was the hero that Dallas always deserved. So I got the Blues Cup in 2019. Uh, obviously, the franchise that was always bagged on for being the Chokers in hockey finally able to break through seeing them being able to lift that cup was just an incredible moment for me shout out to alex petrangelo on the golden knights now but he will always be remembered as the first person to raise a cup in st louis blues history all right it's time for our bold predictions General Kenobi, you are a bold one. all right what you got for us this week all right my bold prediction this week is james harden is going to the 76ers. I think Daryl Morey is making moves right now, and I think he wants to reunite with James Harden. He said James Harden changed his life, and what more could he want than to have James Harden in another team that he um, works in? So, Yeah, I think that that would be great for them. Uh, probably would cost Ben Simmons, but it might, it might give them the shot at the championships that they need, I think. Yeah, get over the hump. Mine's an NFL prediction. I got the Vikings making the playoffs this year after a horrendous start. Uh, they've won three in a row, um, but their next three weeks, you got the Cowboys, who I think they get a win over, Panthers, Jaguars, and if they win all three of those games, that gets them to seven and five and puts them back in the playoff picture, place where they expected to be but were not earlier this season. I like them to do it. Hey, but I'm, I'm, the Vikings should do it as long as Dalvin Cook runs for 150 plus yards. They're definitely winning. Um, just Kirk Cousins is definitely an interception. They, they gotta let Dalvin Cook, baby. They let Dalvin let cook. cook. Yeah, no, that's, that's, <laughs> I like that. All right, so let's let's wrap it up with your final thought of the week. All right. Last week, I begged the Mavs not to sign Zach Levine or Roberto Oladipo, so I thank you for that Mavs organization. Um, but this week, it's for my Cowboys. Fellas, as much as I put you to upset the Vikings, I need you to tank. Jerry Jones, I need you to draft defensive players next year. We need to sign defense, and I just I need the Cowboys to be great again. This has been a very rough year. I've been getting a lot of hate but I will stay true to my boys, but we need to make the right moves. We need to choose defense because we are statistically one of the worst defenses of all time. Get, get over the flashiness and get back to winning football. Exactly. All right. I hinted at this earlier, but I'm tired of these 40, 50 year old coaches getting these second chances in college sports. If you do a horrible thing, you should not 
be able to coach again. If you as a university are going to give these coaches another chance as a to lead your program, you're just showing your student athletes you don't care about their safety and well-being. You just care about winning games and making money. It's enough of this. I'm tired of it. Hugh Free should not be coaching at Liberty. Greg Marshall should never get a coaching job again. And I think it's ridiculous that he's going to get paid $8 million, but that is what it is. It's in the past now. Nobody should be hiring Greg Marshall again. I completely agree. Absolutely. And with that, that concludes episode one. As always, thanks again for watching and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Left Out Official. See you next week.